from the ESPN studios at Pier 17 at the Seaport District in New York City. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. With only a few days left in the NBA regular season, nobody seems to separate themselves in the West or the East when it comes to the best. So the question is, when you look at it, who are the real contenders and the real pretenders? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. We talked about this a little bit this morning on First Take. And Harry, the fact is, it's actually difficult. When I had to make, and, and we're going to do this exercise in just a second, but before we get into it, to say, like, we decided that we would do a little three up and three down today. And uh, and that obviously means looking, you know, one of us takes three things they're high on, one of us takes three things they're low on. We'll play all that fancy production in a second. But let me just say this. At some point when it comes to this conversation about contenders, pretenders in the NBA, one of the difficult things is there are a lot of in-between teams. Like this year in the West and the East, there are a lot of teams that are pretty good that I could see going on a run or being eliminated quickly. So the the exercise of figuring out who's great and who's not is not as simple as as, as it feels sometimes. No, it's not. Um but I noticed something about your little list earlier. Oh yeah, I thought it was a little biased. Oh oh oh, oh my! Oh, all right, all right. Now we'll play the play play the three up, three down. Let's get into it. He's ready to he's ready to battle. From the top stories in sports, guys, huge news over here. To the bottom, this is it. Rock bottom. This is three up, three down with Fitz and Harry. All right, so we're each going to give you uh, our our thoughts here. And Harry gets the ups. In other words, he gets the contenders. I get the down. In other words, I get the pretenders. So, Harry, let's start. Third on your list of your contenders. <laughs> I hate when we go, like, third on my – can we go first on my list? Why do you – like, what countdown have you ever watched where you're like, all right, the number one song like, in America – you, you got – okay. I, I, I don't know. Like, the, like, going from the bottom up, like, just bothers me It builds mentally. a suspense. It builds a, okay, fine. You know what? It, it we, bothers we, me mentally. Go to, your, go to your top. Who do you have I'm as your number one? I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. You look at this number team. Number one. <laughs> Thanks. Great timing. <laughs> I will go with the Milwaukee Bucks. You look at the best player in the NBA right now. Right now I, th- I think that's Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, Drew Holiday. You look at his point guard play, a guy that can do it offensively and also defensively. Just had 50 points not too long ago. A guy that can put the ball in the basket at any given moment. I like what Brooke Lopez brings to the game. Stretching the floor from the three-point line. Also be a defensive, I won't say a stopper, but can make plays defensively in the paint to try to, you know, stop some things from happening in those regards. I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks as number one because I think they're the deepest team in the NBA. Yeah, and I agree with you completely, by the way. When it comes to number one, I've made my case repeatedly for Giannis as the best player in the MVP of the NBA. I I believe that. But also, to your point, I was watching Brooke Lopez last night when I feel like basically the Bucks were playing with a bunch of people nobody had ever heard of. Brooke Lopez was still out there blocking shots. And I'm thinking, man, like I know the polls aren't good, but still, come on. So uh, I'm with you on that. My number one pretender – since you went number one contenders, Milwaukee, my number one pretender would be the Los Angeles Lakers. And they're number one because we keep trying to cram them into this conversation like they're really all that good when the fact is they ain't. They're okay, like, but they're not better than Phoenix. They're not better than Memphis. They're not better than Denver. They're not better than the Clippers who have now beaten them 11 straight times. No matter how much we try and take three or four games in a row that are good and turn that into but what if – the real of it is, like, she's crazy. You're dating her, and you keep thinking one date, one good date means suddenly that you should marry her. You should not marry this Lakers team. She's crazy. She is only going to drive you crazy, and she's not dependable. Pretender. Now, now, now really quick, I got a question for you, okay? Mm-hmm. Really quick, really yeah, yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, would you believe more in the Cavs and the Knicks more so than you believe in the Los Angeles Lakers? Oh, God, no. No, God, no. No, not at okay. all. But you let those guys off the list. Yeah, because nobody's really taking it. You can't take media. No, no, no. Hey, hey. We said pretenders. Pretend. Right. Well, but they're it, not pretending to be anything. We didn't say it just had to be the Western Conference in which you were no, so no, no, biased. No, no, no. But we'll keep it there. Let's get to two. All I would say is this. Like, think about it. I'm not pretending to be an athlete. I'm just out there mired in mediocrity, right? Like, the, the like we can't really say the Cavs. You don't have no love for the East Coast? The Cavs and the Knicks are not pretending to be good. They're just playoff teams. You don't have no love for the East That's Coast? That's fair. It does feel like a West Coast bias list. It's only going to get worse. Uh, let's go to the next number on the list. Number two. Number two. I'm going with the Boston Celtics. Oh, that's good. I like Boston that. Celtics, man, you talk about two guys that can give you a bucket at any moment in the ballgame and Jason Tatum and also Jalen Brown to go along with Al Horford, who I think is underrated. Seen Al Horford play a lot when he was in Atlanta. Just the way he's elevated his game to be able to knock down timely three-point baskets when they need him. But also, when he gets switched out on the point guard, to keep a guard in front of him on the perimeter. You look at Malcolm Brogdon. You look at Derek White. Um, you also look at Robert Williams. Now, his health, if he's healthy, I think this this can really pose some problems, and they're probably going to run into the Philadelphia 76ers. And then if they win that matchup, they'll face the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. But I have Boston at number two. Yeah, your list is now trash. Uh, because, I mean, <laughs> look, Boston's fine at number two, but to your point, their their path is going to be difficult. It's going to take a lot. And even if they get through the 76ers, they will then have to get through the Bucks to get to the team that I think is going to be next on your list. So we'll, I'll, I'll save that, though. My number two in the world of pretenders, you know, no no, no West Coast bias here, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I mean, the Golden State Warriors are pretenders because, again, we're trying to make them a championship team when they're barely a playoff team, and their record on the road is awful. Their record on the road is terrible. Their record on the road is an embarrassment. When I say, like uh, Simon says, if I hit the button that suddenly says the Rockets or the Spurs, that's just a bucket of suck. All right, that same <laughs> bucket of that same bucket of suck includes the Warriors when we're talking about road records. So, like, inexcusable to me. They don't have enough runway left to get Andrew Wiggins into the game shape he's going to need to be in. Therefore, they are pretenders because we're trying to make them championship teams. Well, when you mentioned the Golden State Warriors, the last thing you need to mention is any word near suck you talk about six NBA final appearances in the last eight years winning for them including last season what have you done and for me lately this year this year I'm only taking lately is this year this year you don't believe in them I do not believe in them you don't believe in the I Warriors. do not believe in well, I can't I look do. you in the eye well, well I do okay oh. well, I do okay I believe in Steph Curry the greatest shooter of all time I believe in Klay Thompson who could drop 40 or 50 without dribbling the ball three times I believe in Draymond Green defensively, anchoring that offense, being a point four. I believe in this team. Andrew Wiggins has got to play the vital role for them next year, uh, last year, so it's very imperative that he got back. Now, I don't know the shape he's going to be in, but it's imperative that they got him back. Jordan Poole can come off the bench and give you 20, right? I like uh, Jonathan Kaminga, his upside and what he's been able to bring. DiVincenzo. I like it. And let me not forget Kayvon Looney. Don't yeah. sleep on him. Three-time NBA champion Kayvon Looney. Looney Tunes better than Kayvon Looney. Jordan Peele better than Jordan Poole. All right, who do you got next <laughs> on your list? Uh, let's. Oh, oh, yeah, number the number from God first. Number three. Oh, go. number three, I have the Phoenix Suns. Mm. When you have a guy that's the most efficient scorer in basketball right now and can get a bucket, can get a bucket at any moment time that he wants one, I think that's something to be said for. 
You talk about from the mid-range. And not just Kevin Durant, but Devin Booker. You have two guys, and if you throw Chris Paul in there, that are mid-range assassins. Now, Devin Booker and also Kevin Durant, they can take it out to the three-point line. But you talk about waves that can hit you. These guys can hit you in waves that you might not be able to come back from because of their offensive prowess and how they play the game. Also, you got a guy in DeAndre Ayton that can be in that pick and roll with Chris Paul, rolling to the basket, getting easy points. But you look at how much easier these guys are going to make it for people around them. The people around them are going to get open shots. This is a matter of they're going to make it or not. I agree with everything you just said. It's why I would have put Phoenix at two on your list, but we're splitting hairs on that. I think you're right. My uh, third pretender, I don't think we'll disagree as as much on this one, Sacramento. And it's not because I don't really like Sacramento. It's just defensively their metrics are pretty horrible. They don't rebound all that well. And then I just got to wonder about what a young team like that's going to look like in a seven-game series. So it's not that I don't like the Kings. they're, they're They're the best story in the NBA right now. It's just hard for me to find a way to take a team that I've never seen there before and trust it so and that's the, that's the thing for me like when you when you talk about a, a, a LeBron James when you talk about a Golden State Warriors those guys have been there and done it right and you talk about Steph Curry and LeBron those are two of the best players that we have in the game when you look at the Sacramento Kings you don't have anybody on that team that you could throw in that category and I also believe when it comes to playoff basketball when you have that star power player that you can lean on and you know shoulder at any given time that can carry the load, I think that's something to be said for. Yeah, and by the way, it stinks to have a 17-year playoff drop finally snapped and then be like, all right, well, probably going to get the Lakers or the Warriors. It was And thank you so much for your time <laughs> and consideration. Uh, that's uh, Fitz and Harry giving you our three-up, three-down contenders, pretenders. By the way, a little bit of not-so-shocking but breaking news from ESPN's Tim McMahon. The NBA denied the Mavericks' protest of their March 22nd loss to the Golden State Warriors. Dallas protested the 127-125 loss due to their claim that the officials did not properly administer an out-of-bounds call with approximately two minutes to go in the third quarter, resulting in an uncontested basket for Golden State. So that does not change. None of the standings changed. The league looked at it and said, whoops, sorry, no, we're not going to reverse that. The second time in recent memory that Mark Cuban has filed for this sort of a claim and the second time in recent memory that Mark Cuban has lost that sort of a claim. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Get a business insurance quote in as little as six minutes. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com. All right, you guys can chime in. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. We'll be get right or wrong in our contenders and pretenders. Who do you believe in? Who do you not? 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. You get to state your case next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm shook. I just watched Harry Douglas pour Starry into a glass. Not Sprite. This is a, this is a monumental occasion. <laughs> like My guy only drinks Sprite. I, all I've ever seen him drink is Sprite. And by the way, like we were talking about this morning as we were getting ready for first take, like, you know, here here I am eating right, everything I do. Here I am, like, making sure I'm drinking the right things at the right time. You drink your protein shakes. Harry's out here eating cookies and cake. And, like, the other day, like, you could hear him chomping on the candy while he was eating the cake. And he, he drinks, like, 47 Sprites a day. Um, but you just walked in with a Starry instead of a Sprite. I want your instant review on Starry versus Sprite, Harry. Oh, definitely not on the same level as Sprite. And okay. 
I feel bad that I'm even cheating on Sprite right now, but when I stopped to a store last night, in which I got in very, very late, they had Starry. They didn't have any more Sprites. All the Sprites were sold out. Oh, well, Sprites So I popular. had to get what I had to get at the time, and I was like, you know what? I might as well just carry it over instead of have to go to the, you know, the Wayne Reed right here and buy more drinks and stuff. I might as well drink what I have. But I'll tell you this. I won't make that mistake tomorrow. I feel, I'm going to get a six-pack of Sprite tonight. I feel like if you walked into the barbecue, as we often say, <laughs> carrying Starry versus Sprite, you would be removed from your barbecue and you'd probably be sent to mine, where uh, somebody at my barbecue, which would be a grill-out because there'd be no actual barbecue, would actually turn around and be like, oh my gosh, do you have that in a, a, a Starry Zero? Uh, I would like a, do you have a zero-calorie Starry option? That's hey, what sit, I feel like would happen. Send that boy home, man. That boy came in here with some Starry. I mean, send that boy home. Like Your, your mom, when you walk <laughs> in and you pull out Starry, is going to look at you and be like, what are we doing? I mean, it's okay, though. It, it's, you know. Like the, the Sprite is such a tea to my house to, like, even, like, say my parents or my, my in-laws or my grandmother, my wife, anybody at my house, they know, like, if we don't have Sprite, we got to go to the store and get Harry some Sprite. We got to put them in the refrigerator. We got to put them in this mini refrigerator that's inside this office and whatnot. I got to have it. It's yeah. a must-have for me. And for anyone that doesn't know, you actually drank Sprite during your NFL games. During football like, games. Like, during games. Like, that's everybody right. else drinking Gatorade. Harry's drinking Sprite. There's a lot of at calories minimum, in that. At minimum, three Sprites per game. That's a, that's a lot of calories, man. Like, you know, think of, and how, and you still look like an Adonis. I don't know how this happens. Like, <laughs> everybody can't be a sculpture. You know what? That, uh, obviously, because the one of us at the table eating cake and, and drinking Sprite looks like a sculpture, and the one of us that's uh, doing Orange Theory in the middle of the morning, morning is over here, like, you know, measuring my food and still doesn't have it. Uh, we, we are a dynamic duo on Fitz and Harry. I'm not sure we can say right now that Luca has become a dynamic duo with Kyrie. The problem is I don't know how to fix it. Like, on the one hand, you could say, well, find another star. Like, like those just grow on trees. If you're Dallas, you've got two star players. And when you have two star players, the question is, can they get enough time together to merge? But then the question also is, is the right person in charge to make that happen? Because to me, like, stars are hard to find. Coaches? I don't, they're hired and fired all the time. I never want to root for someone to lose my job, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. having Kyrie and Luca should matter at some point if your coach is able to make the most of them. Well, I'll say this: number one, the Dallas Mavericks messed up in letting J- Jalen Bronson get away. Right, that's one player. Then you traded away two players who were good for you, um, and and Spencer Dinwiddie offensively and defensively. And then when you look at Dorian Finney-Smith. He was one of the guys that you counted on defensively as well. So now you you lost two guys that, from a defensive perspective, that could have helped your team and could have helped anchor them from that uh, perspective. You talk about a guy in Jalen Brunson, and we heard Lucas speak about him, how you know he's truly missed. But a guy that can get everyone involved, be efficient from the field, and we see what he's doing right now for the New York Knicks. So that's they're three for three, the Dallas Mavericks in their front office and being able to let guys get away. Now with Kyrie Irving and Luka, first I'll say this about Luka. He said he wasn't having fun. Well, make it fun. What do you need to change? Right? See what you need to do better as a player. You're a superstar player in this league. Don't go looking at everybody else. The leaders that I know look at themselves first and figure out how they can get it done. That hasn't been Luca so far. Doesn't that speak to maturity too? Yeah. Like when you start thinking about the knock on Luca right now is 
his level of maturity on the court. But maybe the knock on Luca right now is just his level of maturity, right? Like uh, being overly emotional during games and letting the moment get to him sometimes and the way he claps at refs and uh, the, the constant conversation we're now having about Luca. But there's also this other side. Like, you can't tell me right now, and, and there's a growing up process. Like, I, I think we're watching that for Ja as well. You can't tell me that the guys like Joel Embiid, guys like LeBron, guys like AD, like, there are guys that are playing right now that are looking around and saying, okay, I understand what it takes, and I've got to make sure that I do everything it takes. Then there's guys that are out there, like, just having a good old time. And sometimes it feels like the guys that just never take that last step are the ones that are out there just having a good old time versus the ones that are approaching every single ounce of their life like it's their business. And I'll say this, because I'm not going to sit here and say that Luka doesn't take the game of basketball serious. Sure. Now, I think he could be more focused on his end, right? And I think this offseason, one of the things that he can do is sit down and figure out where he can be better within his game. Being a better teammate on the court and having better body language, that whole nine, it's a part of it. It's a part of growth. And one of the things that he has to realize in, in order for the Dallas Mavericks moving forward to be successful is that he has to grow in a lot of ways on the basketball court. And I'm not talking about putting a basketball in a basket, but defensively, you have to be better. So make it your duty to get better defensively, right? When it comes to, you know, setting up your teammates and getting them better shots, that's important. Work on getting better in that area as well. Because now you have two guys that are going to have the basketball in their hands. You're going to have to figure out how to get other guys involved. So they're just not standing around what the Brooklyn Nets were doing and saying, hey, go Kevin Durant, go Kyrie, in which now it's Luka and Kyrie. You don't want those guys to be in that position. But your body language and your attitude and your approach, how you have fun, how you enjoy the game, it matters. Fitz, when I played in the National Football League for 10 years, we used to find guys in our room for body language. If the body language was bad, we was going to find them. If a quarterback missed a throw or a quarterback didn't see you out open and you jumping up and down and you, you, you causing a scene about it, we're going to find you $250, $300 for body language. Showing up the group, showing up the team. We don't do that. Because if, if, if that quarterback misses a throw, we don't know that, that, that the pass rush is coming down his pipe. We don't, we don't know what's going on back there. So for Luka to have the bad body language about the officials and this call and that call, but not getting back on defense and it's causing his team, needs to end. It needs to stop. I think that's such a huge part of it. And I also just think that the life of being the best of the best in the NBA is a full life. Whether it's the way you take care of your body whether it's the way you deal with the front office, whether it's the way you try and get the right players around you, whether it's the way you recruit the people that you want to come play with you. like It's a 24-7 job to be the best of the best in the world in the NBA. I'm not sure that Luka has necessarily taken that step in his life. Uh, but look, it's it's okay. You can tell me, say it, don't spray it. I spit about two times. And, no, and, I like your passion. And, and I'm glad it didn't, like it didn't, it didn't it connect didn't with you, but I seen it come out, and I seen you follow it with your eyes. So I'm, I'm you can look it. at me, say, no, I'm say it, don't spray it. I'm, I'm just making sure it doesn't make it over here. Like, just see if I need to, like, inch my coffee cup back. I'm like, eh, I'm taking the oh, coffee over don't here. Don't worry, I got tested, man. Yeah, okay, all right. You know what I mean? You good to go, baby. And look, we've been in close quarters all day, so might as well let things get weird now. Uh, all right, we'll get you updated on the Masters. Plus, we'll ask one of our best NBA experts what he thinks of what we should expect from the Lakers moving forward. We'll do all that next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes things just happen, especially when you're in Seaport. And there was just a tag. Like, I'm, I'm going to use an 80s wrestling analogy. You know, I'm in the ring. I'm in the ring, and all of a sudden I look over, and, and my, my partner is just tagged out. <laughs> Harry Douglas has gone over to be on this just in. He tagged with Tim Bonteps, who big comes in and hangs us. Big I mean, downgrade for you, Fitz. I, uh, no, no, big upgrade. Happy. What are we talking about? I can finally talk common sense <laughs> with somebody here. I've been arguing with Harry all day. Which Harry is, walked you know, in the studio and was like, hey, why don't you come do radio? I said, sure, I'll go see Fitz. Look at that, see? Here I am. This is what happens when you're in Seaport. The number of times you're just walking around, somebody sees you, and they're like, hey, you want to come on a show? So, uh, Tim, I appreciate you hanging out with me. Sure, I, man, it's I, great. We're going to have, you know, I had this, this conversation with Legler today, and I told him, look, the show's not called First Fair and Reasonable Conversation. It's called first take. So I realized like, that you and I can have a fair and reasonable conversation. I don't think the Lakers have been spectacular this year. I don't think that the Lakers have been better than the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, uh, the Suns, the Clippers, obviously. Go up and down the list. To me, the Lakers are like the sixth or seventh best team in their conference. Why are we trying to Which put them— Which is why they're the sixth or seventh best team in their conference by record also. <laughs> I mean, it, it sort of makes sense to me. It, am I missing something? Nope. I'm with you. I, You know, look, the Lakers have LeBron James. They have Anthony Davis. So do you want to play them in a first-round series? No. Like, that's not going to be an enjoyable series, right? Like, you don't want to see LeBron and AD on the other side in a playoff series. But at the same time, they have a very limited supporting cast. They have serious injury questions up and down the roster, most notably with their top two guys. You know, LeBron has said his foot is a— you know, sort of a, a constant problem going forward. You know, we'll see if he can make it through the playoffs healthy. AD's dealing with this bone bruise or whatever in his foot. Like, that's a constant problem. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think they're beating Memphis in a series. I don't think they're beating Denver in a series. I don't think they're beating Phoenix in a series. I don't think they're beating Golden State in a series. That's already four or five teams that they're not going to beat in a series. So they're probably going to lose the first round of the playoffs, especially after this loss last night which basically dooms them to play in either Denver or Memphis in the first round. I don't like their chances of winning that series. So what am I supposed to make of Sacramento where the it feels like there are two big question marks everybody keeps telling me. One, defensively, maybe they're not the best. And then two, they're a young basketball team that hasn't been there before, and I don't know how to quantify that. So when you look particularly at Sacramento and you start thinking about the matchups they're up against, it feels like Sacramento deserves benefit of the doubt for how they've played throughout the course of this year. But I also don't know how I'm supposed to quantify that when they're taking on teams in the West that, frankly, are more experienced and actually play defense. Yeah, look, I mean, the, 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 those are the real things with the, with the Kings, right? Like, you look at Sacramento, they've had an amazing season. Like, I'm super happy for the Kings fans. They deserve to be back in the playoffs. The light the beam thing has been one of the great, you know, little gimmicky things that we've seen in the league in a long time. It's been an awesome story. At the same time, as you said, their defense is, ter- is terrible. It's been terrible all season. And right now, you know, the biggest game left is this Warriors-Kings game Friday night. Warriors win that game. They're basically going to be the sixth seed. They're going to play Sacramento in the first round. I'm sorry. I'm not picking Sacramento to win that series, right? So, look, maybe Sacramento will come out and they'll win a couple rounds in the playoffs and things will go great. But to your point, they have nobody who's won in the playoffs and they have to be able to guard better. And they're going to need to prove to me they could do it on that level. Is there some level of pressure on Memphis given all of the noise this year and given the fact that they've had some – I think painful exits from the playoffs the last couple of years. Absolutely. There's pressure across the board. I mean, I think there's more pressure on Nikola Jokic and on Denver than on any team in the league. When you look at how dominant they've been, the number one team in the West all year, dominant home court advantage team, right? Jokic is going to probably finish first or second in MVP for a third year in a row, could win a third one in a row. Like, they have no excuses from a health standpoint. Everybody's available. Like, they got to win. 
They're the one seed. They can't be going out. Like, if they play the Lakers in the first round, people are going to be saying, well, the Lakers could beat them. I don't think the Lakers could beat them. But, like, they can't lose the Lakers in the first round. You know, they need to, they need to, beat, they need to make it out of the West, in my opinion. And Memphis is in a similar boat. If they're on a side of the bracket with Sacramento, with a Warriors team that hasn't been able to win on the road all season, with New Orleans, even with the Lakers. Like, Sacramento, Memphis is going to be the highest-seeded team in that side of the bracket. They should win a couple rounds in the playoffs. And if they can't, it's going to open up questions about what their future is. You mentioned the road wars woes for the Warriors. Tough for me to say. <laughs> uh, that's a that I can't wrap my head around it. Nine like, and thirty. How? It's like I, I said earlier, when you're being listed at the same time as a team like San Antonio, and you're being listed at the same time as a team like Houston, that's not a good thing. And that's the the sort of that's the bucket of suck yeah. that they're in when it comes to their road record. It's, Why? It. I, I mean, it's one of those things. I've even joked with guys there, like if they knew what it was. They would obviously fix it, That's right? Fair point, yeah. Which is obviously the thing, but like it is truly remarkable that they are essentially thirty and I don't know exactly what the record is. It's something like thirty and eleven at home, and you're thirty-two and nine at home, and nine and thirty on the road. Like it's just an unbelievable situation to be that kind of difference at both ends of the spectrum. And look, part of the reason I've just been saying the whole time I'm going to pick Golden State to win the West if they're healthy, which now they have Andrew Wiggins back is because I don't trust any of these teams. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to pick Steph Curry as the guy I think is the best player and just say they're the best team. But I don't say that with any level of confidence that they're actually going to come out and play the way that they need to um, in these playoffs. Because, again, they haven't proven they can win on the road. And tomorrow, this game tomorrow night is a great example. Can they go out on the road in a huge game and win? Because if they win that game, they're basically locked into that uh, easier side of the bracket, quote-unquote, with Sacramento and Memphis because of some tiebreaker scenarios that aren't worth getting into. And <laughs> if they lose it, they're in the playing tournament. And then they got to play next week. We'll see if they make the playoffs. Maybe they have a turned ankle. Maybe they just lose, right? Like, all of a sudden, everything is wide open if they lose that game. So it's, to me, pretty fitting that their whole season comes down to can they win a road game. We'll see if they can. Talking to Tim Bonteps, there are three teams in the East that everybody seems to love, myself included, obviously. That's because there are only three teams in the East. Is there anybody that could, like, in your mind, is there any way that it's not one of those three? No, I I don't think so. I mean, I'm really excited to watch Cavs-Knicks. I think it's going to be the best series of the first round, potentially. Um, Two teams that have a lot to play for. There's obviously the Donovan Mitchell and the Knicks component, which is a fun story for us, right? But two teams that have matched up really well, played really fun games all season, Jalen Brunson and Emmanuel quickly going up against Darius Garland, and Donovan Mitchell. You've got Julius Randle. We'll see what happens with his ankle, but you've got him and Mitchell Robinson going up against Evan Mobley and um, Jared Allen inside. Like the teams match up really well, fun styles, playoff games at the garden will be great. Um, but no, neither of those teams could beat Milwaukee in a series. Neither of those teams are as good as Joel Embiid in the Sixers or Jason Tatum in the Celtics. Like they're, they've had great seasons and they're moving in the right direction. But it's a three-horse race in the East for sure. I feel like if we're just having an honest moment, every time I've had maybe one too many drinks, uh, I go <laughs> and open my phone again and I open up my app, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to put a little bit more on Milwaukee to make it to the NBA Finals. Like I just keep doubling down and tripling down and quadrupling down. The other day, I, I just put the money on them to win it all. I just like at this point, if Milwaukee wins it all, then there's going to be a large steak dinner on me. Uh, <laughs> have I lost my mind? Is there something I'm missing? Like I feel like the best player in the world is on the best team right now. And they have the coach that has the least questions of all of them in the East, particularly. Other than Phoenix, I can't find a roadblock for him. I mean, I don't think the roadblock is Phoenix. I think the roadblock is Boston and and or Philly. I mean, I think the three best teams in the league are in the Eastern Conference, and only one of them obviously can make the finals. But, yeah, I, I mean, I've been saying for a long time that 
Milwaukee's the best team. I, Milwaukee should win. Now, again, you always have to have the caveats on injuries, et cetera. Sure. But you look at the way the Bucks are built. They have the best player in the universe on their team. They're deep. They're versatile. They can play a million different ways. And they're going to have home court advantage. And you look last year in the second round when they lost to the Celtics in seven games. They didn't have Chris Middleton. And what happened in that game seven? It's in Boston after the Bucks basically punted on being the two seed at the end of the regular season. And Grant Williams hit a ton of threes at home in game seven and won that game, right? This year, the Bucs should be healthy, and a game seven's in Milwaukee. I like their chances to win that series. Uh, well, you know what I, I've learned today is that I'm smarter than I think I am because you're <laughs> one of the best, and we agree on a bunch of it. Tim, I appreciate you tagging in, coming over, hanging out with me. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks sure, for giving man. us Thanks the, for having the brilliance. Me. This is great. Yeah, look, we don't even miss Harry around here. It's Bon Temps and Fitz. That's what the new name of the show is. Uh, are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts. They'll install them for free. See better, drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Stop by today or learn more at O'ReillyAuto.com. Coming up, Harry's back. We'll get you set for another big day tomorrow. Plus, an interesting piece of news we've just learned. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Everything's done for my Menchies. That's where everything's done. <laughs> Twitter's having a way with me right now. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I only responded to one tweet of all of the, because Lakers fans are coming at me today. I responded to one tweet out of all of them that came through. One person tweeted me, Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, and said, man, they'll let anybody on first take now. And I responded, they didn't let you on. <laughs> oh, I, just, I just had to say that. I just had to say that one, that, you know, it was, it was a close call between that and saying something about their mom. But I decided I would but, take but, the... But you, you see what I deal with, though? Like, when I'm running for first take and I got to get over here? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> now, like we, we were sitting there, like, everybody's trying to have a conversation, be like, nice job. And I'm like... Have time to I'm have like, have conversations. Like, I, we looked, like, straight up like we were out of the Olympics when you see the power walkers, like, because you're carrying so much stuff. That's the thing. Like, it's not just, like, you go from Studio 1 to Studio 2. Like, you got to get your laptop and your pens and your highlighters and your laptop charger, like... Remember and, I was out of breath last week? Oh, yeah. And y'all was laughing at me when I was running over to Studio and I I knew, like, like, last week, I knew I could cover you because I was in Bristol, so I could just, you know, waste a little time while you come on over. This week, I, like, we were both here, so it's like, well, somebody's got to start the dang show. As soon as you get off, you got to book it, baby. You got to get down, let them feet hit the ground, move like a roadrunner. Boom, beep, beep. The uh, important thing is thanks to everybody that uh, let Fitz and Harry take over first take today. We had a blast doing it. We enjoyed getting to bring some of the flavor of our show to the TV side, and thanks to all of you lovers and haters that watched us on TV. Uh, always incredible to be on that show. We know how much it means to the network so having the network trust us to do it uh, means a lot for us too I think I think two people man um, Antoine Lewis and also James Dunn like two people who who really 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 you know allowed us to, to be in that space and, and showcase our show in another light uh, I'm gonna tell you a James Dunn story all right James Dunn is a producer you guys don't know who James Dunn is but you'll appreciate this story the first time I ever got the chance to do an ESPN TV show. I was still on the road. They called and they're like, hey, we want you to do this college football show with Mike Golick Jr. and Elika Sadeghi and, uh, on ESPNU. I took it. I quit the band. I had no idea how I was going to pay my bills. They could fire me after one show. I walk into Charlotte where ESPNU is and I sit down and this is my chance. I didn't get like a screen test or anything. They are they put me live on air with two people I did not meet until that morning to do this show. I sit down in the seat. James Dunn walks up to me and James hands me this uh, sheet of paper and he says, Here's your rundown, which is what they give you on TV that has like every topic and every line. And I looked at him, I was like, cool, man, what's a rundown? 
And he just looked at me. It was the first time he produced his show, first time I'd host his show, and he's like, you don't know what a rundown is. And I was like, nah, man, never done this before. <laughs> we went live, and every single, like, James was in my ear the whole show, and he'd be like, all right, the next thing we're going to do is go to this. Like, I don't know how he did it, but uh, I'll always have love for James Dunn because he literally held my hand. The next week, typical to what makes you and I who I who we are, the next week I showed up to that office hours and hours and hours early. When James got to his desk, I was sitting there, and I said, man, educate me. Everything that <laughs> happened last week, I don't want to repeat. So uh, it's nice to get to, to work with James now. He's on the biggest show in the world and uh, it's uh, it's fun to get to sit in that seat and at least let them know that now I know what a rundown is. There, there we go. Uh, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Uh, Diana Rossini came on with us earlier and she gave us a little nugget because you know we've been doing the floor and the ceiling for different teams. Uh, interesting that she we asked her about quarterback extensions. They got three quarterbacks. Hertz, Herbert, and Burrow all waiting for an extension. This is what she said about who's going to get it first. Jalen Hurts is the guy. He is the future. He's the quarterback. They're all in on him. Obviously, quite a different conversation we were having a year ago, right, guys? When we were like, mm, we'll see what he can do this year. We'll see if Philly will want to extend him. Well, guess what? He is the guy in Philly. Justin Herbert, I think, will be second. They were already having discussions. I heard it's been going fine. I don't think there's any big snags just yet. It's just going to take a little bit of time for them to iron that out. And then I think Joe Burrow is going to wind up being maybe in the summer, you know, early to mid-summer. And, and I think he's going to be the one, obviously, because he'll be the last one uh, to, to have the monster deal, to, 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 set, to set the market to a, a new number, which I think on all these guys is 50-plus. Now, tomorrow we'll be breaking down the floor and the ceiling for the Eagles and the Bengals. But, Harry, I keep thinking of this. I make this analogy with you a lot when we talk about money. I think these contract negotiations, in my mind, I picture like the agent for the quarterback writing a little number on a piece of paper, and he slides it over, <laughs> and the other person looks at it, and they say no, and they slide it back. When you get to three, these three quarterbacks, like when Hurts slides that piece of paper over, all the Eagles are thinking is, this is going to hurt, but okay, that's what we're doing. Like There is no negotiation on it. When Justin Herbert slides over, I feel like the Chargers are going to be like, okay, here we go. When... Joe Burrow slides it over. His piece of paper shouldn't have a number on it. It should just say highest plus 10%. Like, it's just saying whatever the highest is, I want 10% more. Like, I want whatever the number is for whoever is number one in the land. Like, if I'm Joe Burrow, I'm not doing that deal unless I know it makes me the highest pay. Well, number one, I'm not doing that deal until I see what Justin Herbert and also Jalen Hurts get. So, Joe Burrow will probably be the last one of those guys that actually signs that deal because at the time, and rightfully so, he he wants to be the highest paid quarterback. Now, it's probably going to be somebody come along that's going to trump that. But for the moment and the time being, Joe Burrow is going to be the highest paid quarterback in the National Football League. Well, and I'm interested to see where Herbert ran. Uh, we, everybody loves Justin Herbert. I'm not saying well, Herbert's not no, great. No, no, no. What you're about but, to say is, is great. And I want to say this really quick before you start. You got two quarterbacks that we're talking about in Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow who have made a Super Bowl. Did they win the Super Bowl? No, but they were able to get their teams there. And a big part of the reason was because of them. Justin Herbert just lost a big lead to Trevor Lawrence in a playoff game. Exactly. You got two guys that have been to the Super Bowl that are waiting. If I'm if I'm Jalen Hurts, I'm like, you know what, let's see what this Herbert number comes in. Because not only that, I'm not I don't think this is a wildly hot take. Justin Herbert is clearly the second best quarterback in his division. Jalen Hurts is clearly the best in his division, right? Like, we all know Joe Burrow is clearly the best in his division. So all of a sudden, if I'm Jalen Hurts, I'm like, you know what? I want to see that Justin Herbert number first so that I know where my money, because my, my Super Bowl money, Super Bowl, got, we talk about what championships mean. It sure as hell means something when you slide that piece of paper over. It's like, that's the championship Look, premium. What, what those young folks say? 
bing bong. <laughs> it's like when they look at it, you're just like, sorry, that's the extra premium for the championship. Uh, one thing I know is that you should keep hanging out with uh, ESPN Radio all day. Kenny and Carlin coming up next. Thanks for listening to Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.